Yes, hello, here we are again. This is Anthony Day. It's Friday again. It's a nice sunny Friday where I am. I hope it is with you. I do hope you've had a good Easter break. So this week we're talking about the bioeconomy. But before we get to that, I just wanted to comment on a couple of things which have come up. First of all, Jeremy Leggett's book, Winning the Carbon War. The second episode is out. So if you go to Jeremy Leggett, that's Jeremy L E ggett.net you can download the next episode of the book. At the same time, today we've had some news about the fact that they seem to have found a hundred billion barrels of oil beneath the Weald, an area in the southeast of England. They think there could be 158 million barrels of oil per square mile. I'm quite surprised at this because the British Geological Survey, which commented recently on the potential for fracking in that area, seems to have missed it. But no doubt all will be revealed. The interesting thing, of course, is that the company, which claims to have made this amazing discovery, says that because the rock in which this oil is trapped is naturally fractured, they aren't going to have to use fracking. Presumably just drill into it and out it all comes. Amazing. Of course, oil is still a fossil fuel, so it's not going to help us winning the carbon war. But enough of all that. Today we're going to talk about biotechnology and the bioeconomy. I recently met Maggie Smallwood from BioVale, and this is what she told me. Um, so today I'm talking to Maggie Smallwood, the executive team leader of BioVale. Now, the Sustainable Futures show is about sustainability, obviously. And in a world with 7.2 billion people and a vastly increasing proportion of those who are aiming towards a middle-class lifestyle with all the consumption patterns that that entails, we need to make much better use of all the materials and resources that are available to us. So, Maggie, can you explain how BioVale comes into that picture? Okay, so... What Barvale is, is uh, what we'd call an innovation cluster focused on the bioeconomy. And what we mean by the bioeconomy is um, essentially growing stuff and making things out of it. And so that includes both the, both the primary production of uh, bio-renewable raw materials, so that's all the crops that we grow, things that come from forestry, things that come out of the sea. Um, and their conversion into food, into feed, and into uh, bio-renewable chemicals and fuels, and also finally bioenergy. Okay. Uh, I've seen a lot in the press recently about unburnable carbon, and biofuel and biodiesel and all that sort of thing has uh, come in the headlines. Are you looking uh, particularly at uh, replacing fossil fuels? I think that's really only one aspect of it. Um, so, uh, I mean, we know that the kind of the, the essentially what the world's been doing um, up to now is, li is, is living on their savings account. And that's uh, uh, carbon that's uh, been buried under the soils and in our, uh, under our seas and has been accumulated over millions of years. Um, and what we've really got to start doing now is living on our current account. And our current account is what. Is the energy that arrives uh, on the Earth's surface through uh, through 
sunshine. Um, and so instead of living on old sunshine, we have to live on current sunshine. And a really important part of that current sunshine kind of output is what's produced um, by nature through photosynthesis. And we capture that in our agriculture, in our forestry, and also through the oceans. And we know that we can't uh, produce the level of um, oil type of um, energy carriers uh, from the biosphere. However, what we can produce from the biosphere, and which we can't produce by uh, some of the other um, renewable energy options, is carbon skeletons for making things. And that could be making things like, can be making food, but it can be making feed, it could be making chemicals, and it can be making um, uh, energy carriers like biodiesel and bioethanol. Right. But, could, uh, could you just sort of explain a little more what a carbon skeleton is? Because like sorry. many of my listeners, um, <laughs> yeah. we're so, lay people here, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, so um, what the natural do- world does is take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and convert it into the tangible things that we can see around us. So when you see um, a tree growing, what that tree has done is take ga- gaseous carbon out of the atmosphere and made it into wood and leaves and roots. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's the process by which um, the, what we call the biosphere, all the living things on, uh, that, that, that go on, uh, on the planet, actually that's ultimately how we capture the energy from the sunshine. We c- convert the energy that's in the sunshine into um, the carbon dioxide that's in the atmosphere into tangible things that we can see around us. Right, so through the processes of biotechnology, are you trying to replicate some of those processes or enhance some of those processes? So what we can do now is um, essentially what we're, the, the core of what we're proposing for um, the bio-based economy of the future is what we call a biorefinery. So if you think about an oil refinery, it produces lots of uh, kind of quite low value things like fuel but actually about uh, over uh, over half of the value that you get out of an oil refinery is through the higher value compounds that it produces things like lubricants things like chemicals for making plastics Um, and so although only 10% of the uh, material that is produced by an oil refinery actually goes into those um, molecules those uh, uh, materials, over half the value comes out of them. And when we look at a biorefinery, we want, to, in a way, not exactly to replicate, but kind of learn from the oil refinery and say, well, when we grow a field of wheat, we take the grain and we can use that for making bread or pasta or other types of food, or we can use it for feeding our animals. But actually, over half of the total energy that there is in the, uh, in, in the whole wheat is actually in the straw and the chaff and things which we currently don't use or don't use, we don't get much value out of. So we will uh, continue to use the, the wheat grain for food, but we'll start to uh, produce other things from the byproducts, and those things will be things like bioethanol, but they're also, which is um, uh, now being commercialized in the US, so, so you're seeing actual commercial scale refineries which are producing bioethanol from the uh, unused parts of the maize plant, 
and here we wouldn't obviously be using maize, but some of our other crops. Um, but uh, we'll also be looking at converting those biothanols relatively not that valuable. What we could also do before we put that um, straw into a conversion process to make bioethanol out of it, we could maybe extract something more valuable from it before it goes into that process. So wheat straw is covered with wax, which has loads and loads of applications. Um, so a, maybe we can treat the straw to take off the wax uh, and then put that material into essentially a digester, which will produce sugars from that uh, material. And I think one of the really interesting things about this actually is when you digest down that straw so that you could maybe put it, put it into making bioethanol, during that process you've actually made those sugars more accessible and you could maybe put some of that material into feed as well. So that material which is currently not accessible for animals because of how it's uh, composed, how that straw is composed, they can't digest it. Once you put it through our process, you could say, well, we need it for fuel at the moment, or maybe we need it for feeding our animals at another moment. So you start to get quite a flexible um, uh, arrangement, essentially, because you can use these things for different purposes. Yes, and of course, if you're taking the wheat straw, which was previously waste, you're actually saving things from either being burnt or, or sent to landfill. And in addition, you are getting useful products out of them, aren't you? Absolutely. And so that straw is just one example. Uh, I mean, there are vast quantities of food waste, for instance, both from our homes, but also from our food manufacturers. Um, and we can start to look at how we can use those for, as feedstocks for uh, manufacturing uh, new and different things using yes. biotechnologies. Yes, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of the sector economy, and this is all part of it, really, isn't it? Absolutely. So the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, uh, if you look on their website, they have a diagram which has on the one, on one side a, um, a grey-coloured colored circle, which is where we recycle all the things that we dig out of the ground, um, and that includes the oil, but also other components that you use, and you look at how you can cycle those around. But on the other side, you have a green circle where you are um, doing exactly what I'm talking about here, is taking out value from all the different bits of the plant, but really importantly, you're returning the um, bits of carbon that you can't use into the soils and also the nutrients that you can't use into the soils. So you start to have a sustainable cycle. Right. I'll put a link to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation at the end of this episode because there's a, a lot of really useful stuff up there, uh, animations, uh, YouTube videos, a uh, tremendous amount. And they're actually having a conference at Bradford University next month, uh, which is aimed, I think, principally at the education sector. But I went last year and they do some, some quite amazing things. Uh, when I went, when I, uh, yes, when I went to the uh, biotech breakfast a few months ago and, and made the initial contact with BioVale, you were promoting one-day workshops for business. Now, what sort of businesses do you want to talk to and what can you do for them and indeed what can they do for you? So um, those workshops we've, um, um, are really aimed at introducing uh, companies to the bioeconomy and seeing where they can add value. Um, and actually, we're able to do quite bespoke things. So if you have a, a, a group of people within your um, business who want to find out more about, 
for instance, anaerobic digestion or adding value to your wastes or using green chemistry in your business, come and talk to us because we can actually do quite bespoke things for you. Now, BioVale is based here in Yorkshire. I presume that there are not only similar organisations across the UK, but I believe they're in Europe, and I imagine they're doing similar sorts of things in the United States and Canada. And I make that point because I know there are a number of people listening to this over on the other side of the Atlantic. Yeah, so I think what we've realised is that in, uh, in Yorkshire and in and around Yorkshire, we have really quite a unique set of assets to build on the bioeconomy. Um, so we have um, the largest biomass energy plant anywhere in the world at Drax. We have the largest uh, first-generation bioethanol plant, the uh, Virgo, um, on Humberside. Um, and uh, Ensis, which is another one uh, just up the road. We have a world-leading knowledge base in this area. And I do mean world-leading. Um, and we have um, the, uh, a, a very uh, innovative uh, chemicals industry, much of which is actually based on biorenewable raw materials. So CRODA, which is a, um, a substantial speciality um, chemicals company, mm -hmm. uh, which has its headquarters um, very near to York. Uh, and then thousands, literally, to about, well, we've done a recent sort of survey and we've got over 2,000 SMEs who have small to medium-sized enterprises which have a foothold in the bioeconomy. The largest food and drink cluster um, in the UK and really innovative, interesting, diverse agriculture. So the largest area of uh, energy crops in the UK. Farmers growing different things like borage and hemp and all, a, a terrific lot of innovation going on in agriculture. Two of the uh, uh, best agricultural co uh, colleges in the UK, very rapidly expanding at Bishop Burton and Ascombe Bryan. So really a fantastic base. And if you're ever going to be able to get the bioeconomy to work, it's going to be somewhere like this. Right. So is your expertise then available to anybody in the country or indeed anybody in the world? Absolutely. So what we're aiming to do is, is essentially we've looked at it and we said this is a cluster which doesn't actually know it's a cluster yet. Right. And um, what we're trying to, so our steering group, uh, we had a really interesting steering group a couple of weeks ago where the companies there um, always at the end of it were saying, oh, well, we want to stay for a bit longer because we want to talk about our businesses and see how we can, uh, we think we can learn a lot from each other. And it's very interesting because these are companies from very diverse backgrounds. So energy, food, precision farming. And they, they could see that they could learn from each other. And they didn't really have another forum where they could do that. Um, so I think that um, that's um, one of our, the aims of BioVale is first to make our, this fantastic knowledge base that we've got accessible to um, industry, especially locally, but um, across uh, the UK and indeed across the globe but also to start joining up supply chains. So where you've got a food industry which has a problem because it's got waste that he needs to get rid of, we can join them up with maybe a chemicals company which says, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. I can use that as a feedstock for my fermentation. And those sorts of um, ideas where you can start to uh, generate um, a, a circular economy based on biorenewable raw materials. Okay, well, I'll make sure that all your 
contact details are at the end of this episode and also on the website so that people can get in touch. One of the things that might be worth just mentioning is that we um, w w we do have the um, Biorenewables Development Centre here at York, and that's an open access facility where companies, um, certainly local companies, can get funded support for a couple of days to kind of investigate a problem. Um, but all companies um, can come here and use the facilities uh, to try out new methods and, and also to get put in touch with other companies or academics who may be able to help them. That's great. Now, I know that you, uh, well, I know that BioVale works closely with the University of York, but from an education point of view, it's been said that we are, in the UK, very seriously short of skills for the future. So does BioVale do anything with university students or indeed with school students to raise awareness and make them understand uh, what the bioeconomy will mean to them in their future? Yeah, so um, one of the things that uh, there's a project currently being undertaken, um, which you'll find on our website, which is doing a skills analysis, um, particularly focused on SMEs, to small to medium-sized enterprises, to see uh, where they see skills gaps and where they um, find they're uh, having difficulty in recruiting people. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so uh, we're doing that sort of analysis to see where the kind of new, uh, kind of multidisciplinary, very skilled workforce that we're going to need for the future um, is, is needed. And then we do work very closely with the University of York um, um, around uh, the skills agenda and the uh, graduate and postgraduate um, area. So, for instance, one of the things that we're doing at the moment is um, we're creating links with four other clusters across the EU, one in Germany, one in the Netherlands, and one in France, uh, to see where um, they have expertise which complements um, what we've got here and where we can learn from each other. And at least part of that will be uh, undertaking some student exchanges so that uh, our students can go and work in companies abroad and bring back their um, expertise to the UK. Well, thank you very much. You've put an awful lot of uh, flesh on the bones which I picked up when I went to this initial event. Um, what's your vision of the future? How, how is biotechnology and the bioeconomy going to go forward? I think what we're looking at for the future is converting um, our economy, which is largely based on uh, uh, petroleum-based uh, feedstocks, into a bioeconomy where most of the materials that we use are actually based on biorenewable raw materials. And that's going to be good for our environment because um, essentially they, 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 you're going to be looking at much less pollution, much less waste. You're going to be looking at highly skilled and productive jobs because this is, uh, this is a knowledge-based bioeconomy. It's one where we're going to need people with um, lots of technical and scientific skills but also social skills as well. Um, and uh, I think we're looking at, um, uh, when you look at a cluster, one of the big advantages is that you have um, a skilled workforce which is able to move quite easily um, between the public and the private sector and carry that learning with them. Um, and I think I would like to see in 10 years' time but when people are looking at the UK for a base in this um, sector, the first place that they'll look is Yorkshire. Great. So finally, well, thank you very much to Maggie Smallwood from BioVale. And uh, 
We'll put all the links at the end of this episode. Thanks again. And here are the links. The main link you want is biovale.org. B-I-O-V-A-L-E dot O-R-G. And from that you can find links to the Biorenewables Development Centre, the Centre for Novel Agricultural Products, the Green Chemistry Centre at the University of York, the Food and Environmental Research Agency, and many others. We also spoke about the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. That's ellenmacarthur.org. And we mentioned the conference. That's taking place next week, starting on the 14th of April at Bradford University. That's the Rethinking Progress conference. And if you can't get to Bradford, I'm quite sure that you'll find a lot of it online via the website. Next time, in advance of the Sustainability Live conference at the National Exhibition Centre in Birmingham, which starts on the 21st of April, I'll be talking to the Chief Executive of the Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment, Tim Balkan. This is one not to be missed. In the meantime, if you want to talk to me about sustainability, about making your business sustainable, and if you'd like a presentation to your board or to your school about how important sustainability is going to be to the future, please do get in touch. Drop me an email, mail at anthony-day.com and get in touch too to tell me what you think of the Sustainable Futures show. Tell me if you've got any ideas of things which we should cover. Tell me if you've got any expertise you'd like to share and I can interview you on Skype or even face-to-face. So for the moment, that's all for this week. Thank you very much once again for listening to this episode of the Sustainable Futures show. I'm Anthony Day. Until next time. Thank you.